This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Washington sitcom. Did y'all really think y'all was going to win? Are you kidding me? Are y'all serious? You tried to take an early lead. You took a 7-0 lead. You took a 17-7 lead. Only for us to cut the score to 17-10 at halftime. And then to battle back and take the lead again. And even a late push at the end still had you down 31-24. Now, I'm looking at... I'm looking at the bird. I'm looking at Brian Johnson. And I'm wondering what the heck he was doing on that third and 11 when we're up seven, right? We can really put this thing away. And this guy, no, 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 no. We're up four. We're up four. It's 21-17 at this point. Third and 11. We can really put this thing away. And he calls an off-tackle run by Gainwell. What was Blood doing? What was Blood thinking? Seriously, come on, bro. Use loafing. Oh, man. This guy. If And you know what made it worse? Gainwell fumbled. Now, if the Washington sitcom would have recovered that fumble, I'm telling you the pitchforks and torches would have been at the NovaCare facility, and they would have tried to get Brian Johnson up out of there forcefully. Because it ain't no way. And also, this defense, which I kind of praised after last week, they put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield and they were forcing turnovers. Uh, once again, it became a problem. We let we let another... Uh, okay, Sam Howell may be a little bit better than mediocre. Like, there's enough evidence to see that he's not bad. But... Listen, he's not Dak, he's not Herbert, he's not Burrow, he's not Mahomes. I mean, we shouldn't be letting him go off. And we definitely shouldn't be letting him with one timeout and 140 to go. We shouldn't let him drive down the length of the field. Man, it was third and 17. Uh uh-uh, uh, we're supposed to stop that. We supposed to be we supposed to be out of there. It's supposed to be fourth and long. Ain't no way we let him cut it to fourth and three and let them get an easy conversion after that. The bird was loafing. The bird was loafing, and we really need to fix this defense. I love our D-line, but they're inconsistent. Our secondary is depleted. We've given up a lot of yards this season in the air. We're going to have to fix it. And we're going to have to fix it soon. If we want to go back to the bowl in Las Vegas, like, we got to fix this. And the tackling, too. Listen, man, that that Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown connection is legit. Another two touchdowns. Hey, a slow start to the season, but then they finally figured it out, and it they're making some beautiful music. Man, A.J. Brown was torturing Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes fought, but there's only so much he could do. (laughs) Okay? Uh, Of course, the D-line got theirs, Washington sitcom. That's the strength of their defense, just like ours. 
They got theirs, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. Although, I was a little surprised at how much pressure they were getting on Jalen Hurts on third down. A little bit surprised, but it's a good D-line. I, I can't be that much surprised. But at the end of the day, the bird is the word. And Washington sitcom tried it. Now, let me address this controversial play that may have been the deciding factor in the game. I doubt it, but here's the thing. So, another third and long, inexplicable that the Eagles allow another a third and long to the Washington sitcom. But here we are. Sam Howell throws a good enough pass to Terry McLaurin in the sideline, one foot, and then the second foot, it looked like it came down on Reed Blankenship's arm, but it didn't. And it looked like the second foot also was out of bounds. On the original angle, yeah, clearly out of bounds. Then they showed another angle, kind of from the top, that's like a higher angle from the top and the opposite view, it looked like he was in. And I'm like, oh, okay. But that might have been all all that factored into the catch. Like, did he bobble it and everything? From what I've seen, one angle said he got it. Another angle said he didn't get it. It looks inconclusive to me. But, hey, Washington football team, Washington sitcom, you cannot be complaining about refs in Philly after what happened last year. Come on, did you not forget about the face mask, the missed face mask fumble, and then on top of that, the flop by Taylor Heineke to draw a personal foul, late hit, or whatever that was. At the end of the game, that gave you the first down to run out the clock. Do you do you not remember that from last year? I don't want nothing about the refs. They helped you last year. I don't want to hear it. And there's probably a bunch of things like y'all being offsides on a tush push or <laughs> a QB sneak, hey, whatever y'all want to call it. Like, y'all did that too. So, just stop. Just stop. You're not messing with the bird. So, you can put your left hand down and know your role. Facts. You are now two and two. You weren't messing with the Bills. Five turnovers. Now, I will say about the Eagles game is that neither team turned the ball over. Turnovers were key. And the Eagles commanders last year in Philly, that was the difference in the game. Definitely would have beat the commanders if we didn't have that fumble by Quez Watkins when he should have scored. Or the missed face mask fumble by Dallas Goddard. There was none of that. Both teams took care of the football. It just came down to the Eagles making one or two more plays than the Commanders. But we just shouldn't even have been in that situation. Third and long, one timeout, fourth 
uh, fourth quarter, less than two minutes, supposed to shut that down. Um, second and goal from the 11 or from the 10, 10 seconds to go, supposed to shut that down. Like, you have everyone in the end zone, and you leave room for Jahan Doxson to run, I don't know, a fake a deep out, curl, whatever the hell that was, and he somehow gets one-on-one on Josh Joby, boxes him out, and gets the touchdown to tie the game to go to overtime. You have got to be kidding me, bro. Should I blame the coordinators or are these players not as good as I thought? Still, it's a learning lesson. We won the game. Let's correct these mistakes, please. Because when we play better teams, we got the Chiefs and the Bills on the schedule, by the way. Even the Rams next week is no pushover. When we play better teams, we're going to have to clean that up or it's going to be a wrap. <laughs> Listen, the rematch against the Washington sitcom is October 29th. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I plan to be there. I just got to get my money up and buy the tickets. But hey, the bird 4 0 and escape from. Losing to the sitcom, that would have been embarrassing. It was bad enough dealing with it last year and watching them celebrate like they won the Super Bowl. Ain't none of that this time. Now, I hope the Eagles sweep them, then we could really shut them up. But, you know, we'll see. They're going to complain about refs, but you shouldn't. You had a chance. You come at the king or you come at the bird, you best not miss. And you missed. Now come back home to D.C. And get ready for the Bears. You should win that game. But. You are the sitcom. You are not. All that. You are not all that. Just like the Cardinals game. I mean all these people saying. They are going to blow the Cardinals out. And. This is such a mismatch. I was like man. This is a Washington sitcom. But they are not that good. This is going to be a close game. They can't overlook anybody. Same thing with the Bears. Bears are the worst team in the league. You can't overlook them. I hope they don't because they will lose. Because I don't think they had a problem with Josh Allen using his legs. They might have a problem with Justin Fields using his legs. If that's the case, you're done. You're screwed. You're going to lose, and I'm going to laugh because you're going to be two and three, and you missed a chance to beat the bird, and then you lose to the Bears at home. I'm going to be crying. You shouldn't have beat them last year, and now you got to play them again this year. Now, luckily for you, their defense is much worse than it was last year, so you should take advantage of that, and your offense is better than it was last year, so you should take advantage of that, but you are the Washington sitcom, and you – Sometimes don't take advantage of that because you trash. Or you just straight up so mid that you can't enjoy real success. I'm just saying, man. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. Look. Okay, real quick. The Jets and the Chiefs, like, the Chiefs won, but I'm really surprised at how the Jets fought. 
and they came back from down 17 nothing. A lot of the talk is about the refs in that game, about where the face mask occurred when the Chiefs got that safety and the holding call on third and 22 when Patrick Mahomes scrambled and got the first down. Oh, they held the ball for the last seven and a half minutes. They took a page out of the Washington sitcom book when they played the Buccaneers in FedEx Field. They just held the ball half the quarter and they won the game. (laughs) Same thing. But that's a really debatable hold. From what my referee colleagues have told me about holding, if he's not making a concerted effort to get off the man is considered dancing. That's what they say. Because I've called a similar hold that looked just like that. And, you know, the coaches were not happy. So it's just, it depends on the ref's philosophy in that situation. I guess they saw it as dancing and the defender didn't look like he was making an effort because he was getting walked back a little bit. So that looks bad on his part. But then again, I know what it's like to be grabbed by the shirt and not being able to move. I've been in that situation before. It happened in flag football. I was like, bro, what are you doing? You are holding. But then again, if you make a more concerted effort to get off, they'll definitely call it. You have to sell that call. But technically, it was holding. <laughs> he held his shirt. He was outside the in the frame, the inside frame of jersey. Technically, it's holding, but honestly, it's not enough for the refs to call it. Tough break for the Jets. They fought hard. Uh, I would have loved for them to score and upset the Chiefs in front of Taylor Swift. Boy, I am tired of that story, but I'm not gonna talk about that right now. Um. Yeah, man, Jets, tough break. Uh, Zach Wilson showed some maturity. You know, he's definitely better than I thought. And defensively, they forced Mahomes into some mistakes. But then again, that's just the Mahomes experience. Mahomes will try some things that are unconventional and will try to make hero plays. It's what makes him great, but that's also what makes him bad at times like he'll take chances that he don't need to make like he'll do things or make things worse than they actually are and he was doing that against the Jets and it almost cost him the game but hey I would have loved for the Jets to win that game I wrote that game off because let's let's be honest Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing in this game that was the whole appeal of this game was Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers that was the whole reason you put that on Sunday Night Football, but he didn't play. But they weren't going to flex it. They was going to keep it. Hey, we get the attention of the New York market. We, we're keeping this. We standing on that. What are you going to do? And it ended up being a good game. And I was out watching with my kickball team because I'm in Myrtle Beach for a kickball tournament. So I was out watching with my team. And it, I wrote the game off after 17 nothing. I was like, oh, it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Come on. You got to be kidding me. Why are we watching this? 
and then they came back. Hey, props to them for fighting. They are not going to be an easy out against the bird. But honestly, bro, I don't see if we can stop Brees Hall. I don't see how we can't beat those guys. And I think they're a good matchup for us because they're a good matchup for us because we rather run the ball. We rather run the ball, and they did not stop Isaiah Pacheco or Pacheco, however you say it. They did not stop him. So I feel like we can run all over that defense. We're going to have trouble passing against them, but that's fine. um, I was going to say Isaiah Pacheco. DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts should run for at least 75 yards each. That's going to help us, and that's going to keep their offense off the field. It's going to keep them from running the ball, and it's going to make them have to pass, and that's when we unleash our pass rush, and I think we can get those guys. But that game is two weeks away. Uh, You know, that's what I saw. Some other games I want to talk about. I can't believe the Patriots got washed. Of course, when you turn the ball over against the Cowboys – you're going to get blown out unless you're the bird last year and we turned the ball over four times. But because we were so potent on offense, it didn't matter. We didn't make them look like the 85 Bears, unlike three teams have done this season. As long as you don't do that, you shouldn't have a problem with them. Not everyone can be the Cardinals, I see. But that's okay. Things are about to get tougher for the Cowboys. They play the 49ers soon. They play the Birds soon. It's going to get tough for them. They're going to have to play the Bills. They're going to have to play the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I'm not surprised they lost to the Bills. Yeah, they looked unstoppable. Yeah, they put up 70 versus the Broncos. 70. 70. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It just shows that the Broncos defense really fell off too. But seriously, the problem with the Dolphins is they were in two shootouts before that Broncos game. They were in two shootouts. And even in the Broncos game, they gave up 20. And they gave up some good yardage to Russell Wilson. So their defense isn't all that great. Oh, okay. The Patriots game wasn't that much of a shootout. But the Chargers game was a huge shootout. So I'm like, the Bills' offense is comparable to the Chargers' offense. So I'm like, they're going to have some problems. They're going to have to be – they're going to be in a shootout. And I think the Bills are a more well-rounded team than the Chargers, so they're going to win. And they're in Buffalo. Yeah, I I saw that coming a mile away. But 48-20, I didn't expect 48-20. That's something else. Unreal. But, you know, the Dolphins are still a team to be reckoned with. But they're going to have to fix their defense. And their offense, their offense is good. Their their offense is fine. But it's not always going to click. There's going to be better defensive teams that will slow them down. Like, well, I guess the Patriots. I, I don't know what they were doing against the Cowboys. But... Also, the Bills. The Bills have a solid defense. You saw what they did to the Commanders. And the Jets game, they kept that low scoring. 
and they shut down the Raiders after the first quarter. So they they have a very underrated, under-talked about defense because of Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> That's my man. But, yeah, man, uh, Dolphins are for real, but the Bills are going to be the ones to be reckoned with, and I think they're going to end up winning the division. Um, but it's going to be close between them and the Dolphins. It's going to be close. But it's clear that it's those two because the other two teams in that division, like, let's be real here. The Jets, no. The Patriots, hell no. So, yeah, those two are going to run away with it for sure. Oh, and in week three, let's not forget everyone lost but the bird that that is cause for celebration. Like I mentioned earlier, the Commanders got washed by the Bills. The Cowboys got upset by the Cardinals because the Cardinals are a pesky team. And then the Cowboys want to make mistakes and give that pesky team confidence. And they lost because of it. And I loved it. Because the Cowboys are the great overrated. They are overrated. The media always hypes them up. I'm tired of it. I don't know why they got such a big brand. I don't know why them I don't know why everyone loves them so much. I don't even know how they're so polarizing. Like how do we get to this point? Why and how? They are not that good. They haven't done anything significant since 1995. They are overrated. Consistently overrated. And, of course, they lost to the Cardinals. Their world came tumbling down. But guess who's still undefeated? The Bird. And I love it. And also, the Giants lost to the 49ers. And let's be real here. The Giants are going to get another one against the Seahawks. They're going to catch another L. Like, the Seahawks are the better team. They got too many weapons on the outside. And, honestly... Uh, they can they can run the ball a little bit with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker the third, and I they haven't even used Zach Charbonnet, but too many weapons, too good of a secondary, I they in trouble. I I they're not as good as the Forty ers obviously, but TRs are going to give them problems. They're going to win. Just just get ready for it. I love it. Uh, the Giants are going to lose. They lost to the 49ers on Thursday night, last Thursday night, because, of course, they did. <laughs> 49ers are the better team. They're just, they're just better at every single position. It, well, quarterback is debatable. But other than that, they are better at literally every single position. So the only way the Giants would have won is if they would have basically – well, you had to win the line of scrimmage regardless, but basically had to keep their offense off the field and force turnovers. Didn't do that. So they lost easily because they ain't that good. So the bird is the word, and they're in first place. <laughs> Y'all the trouble. It's a wrap. <laughs> you already know. Now let's get to the Sooners. 
the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, I went to see trips back to back. I don't know how I'm affording this. You know what? It's just nothing but God. Hallelujah. But listen, I'm going through the toughest financial period of my life. Yet still, I was able to get to Columbus and then Cincinnati for Oklahoma, Cincinnati. And then the next week, I was able to come to Myrtle Beach for a kickball tournament. This is great. God is good, man. God is good. You know, this is why I can't complain but so much. But anyway, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. This was a slow starting game. You knew Oklahoma had to wake up when... The ball hit Dylan Gabriel in the helmet, and he fumbled. Thank God he recovered it. Come on, man. That was one of two inexplicable, inexplicable, inexcusable, what the heck are you doing type of fumbles by Dylan Gabriel. But we got them both back. Thank God. I'm just glad that the OU defense, yeah, they gave up some – Chunk runs. Yeah, they gave up some big plays. But when it came time to make a stop, they made the stop. They held them to field goals. They pretty much limited Cincinnati's offense. And, you know, they kept them out the end zone. And, and that's that's all that mattered. And on offense, well, honestly, we had a really good drive early in the game. We, we fumbled. <laughs> it was just dumb, man. That game... We could have beat them by more than 14. I feel bad for anyone that played the over-under bet on that game and took Oklahoma, and you lost by .5. I feel so bad for you. Actually, I don't because you had no business betting on that game. But (laughs) if you did, I feel bad for you, .5. All you had to do was kick a field goal, and you would have been all right. 23-6, to you would have been all right. But, oh, man, <laughs> awful. Poor guys. Well, should I, should I really feel sorry for you? <laughs> it's hilarious. But anyway, man, the bird is the word. And the Sooners, you got to hop on the schooner. Yeah, they call it a bandwagon. It's nothing wrong with a bandwagon where you're on the path to success. Let me get an amen, church. <laughs> Now, seriously, <laughs> because that's everyone's that's everyone's insult. Like you always see a sign on college game day. Well, they had big noon kickoff. Me and my friend Zach weren't able to make it to big noon kickoff, but they had someone had a sign. And this happens every time. Every time there's a big noon kickoff or college game day and OU was involved on the road. Oh, someone always has a sign say your logo is a bandwagon. Yeah, okay, that's that's original. You mad, bro? <laughs> you mad? We killed y'all. The student section was live. They had their little red um, inflatable things, and they were banging them and stuff. And then by the fourth quarter, I swear it was like ten percent of them left. They were gone. <laughs> cleared them out and then the Sooners came back against Iowa State the next week and they won that 
once again, Iowa State scared us at first. I mean, we just ran through them like a knife through butter in the first two possessions. And then all of a sudden, those guys just turned up and they had like four big chunk plays and they scored. And I'm like, huh, what is going on? Because they had showed the graphic about how we weren't giving up points the entire season. We, we didn't give up no more than 10 points the entire season. And then Iowa State's just marching up and down the field. Thank God Oklahoma just, my, my Sooners just, just came through and just put the hammer down. Like the, the second half, they pitched a shutout. Now, to be fair, I fell asleep in the second half, but the first half, the stuff we are doing in the first half to people, like Tulsa had like 300 yards in the first half, 300 yards, 31 points. That's unreal. And then in the first half against Iowa State, 40 points, like 300 total yards there. <laughs> I mean, this offense, when it's clicking, it is exciting to watch. They score fast. They can run. They can throw. It is it is quick. It is efficient. They cannot. No one can really stop it when it gets going. Now, when it's not at its best, it's a bunch of quick three and outs, and our defense is exposed. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen against Texas. This is a huge game. So huge that I want to make a preview show about it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think what's going to be happening is I am probably am going to make a show. However... I'm probably just going to make half the show about OU Texas and then half about everything else. That's probably what I'm going to do. And I have no clue when I'm going to record it. But I have to you know, start studying and stuff and get get myself up to speed on what Texas is working with because they're doing the same thing as Oklahoma. They're blowing everybody out. They're scoring a lot of points. They're basically better than they were last year, just like OU. And both teams are undefeated. And Oklahoma's OU is number 12 and Texas is number three. Man, this is big. This is really going to show, like, who is the top dog in this conference because I truly believe that these two teams are going to play each other in the Big 12 championship. They're gonna, we're we're going to see each other again. So this is just like 2018. So even if Oklahoma lose, no, whoever loses, they have a chance to get revenge in the Big 12 championship. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Hey, boomer sooner, man, because this is big. We need this, man. This is probably the best Texas team probably since 09, on paper at least. So – we got to get them. We got to get them. Like, this is nowhere near the best OU team since when's the last time he was in champ? 08. So, I don't know. That should tell me that OU should be in trouble, but I believe in the Sooners. They got an offense that can give Texas trouble. I don't think Texas has played an offense like this yet. So... That's what we got going for us. Uh, Let's see what happens. Now, Texas is way better than any opponent we've played so far. That's what I'm worried about. But I think Oklahoma will be fine, and we're going to get them. 
Boomer Sooner. Now, real quick on Colorado. Now, Colorado is now 3-2. and two. They started 3-0. and oh. I said, I told somebody on Instagram that if Colorado beats Oregon and USC, they need to be top 10. Well, you can throw that out the window. They got absolutely destroyed by Oregon because they could not protect Shador Sanders whatsoever. They had like less than 100 yards of offense in the first half. They got destroyed in the trenches, and everyone was worried about that, how Colorado would hold up in the trenches, and they did not fare very well against Oregon. And Oregon on offense just did whatever they wanted in the first half and then was able to take their foot off the gas in the second half. Or maybe it seemed like they weren't going to take their foot off the gas because they wanted to make a statement. But Colorado kind of locked down the second half enough to, like, not get blown out like 65, 70 to nothing. So they lost 42-6. It was 35 nothing at halftime. And it just it just was a bad look. Like all the haters about Coach Prime, all the Coach Prime haters came out and they were loud. And against USC, no one expected them to do anything against USC. And they were down 31 to 7 in the second quarter. But I I should have known it was going to be cap because USC defense is a joke because they are coached by Lincoln Riley and Grinch and Alex Grinch. And we've seen this movie as OU fans where they've given up massive leads because of their piss poor defense. They're tackling their coverage in the trenches. Trash. And, of course, the USC defense, trash. They went from 31-7 to 48-41, needing to recover an onside kick in order to save themselves from overtime. Damn! Trash. I wish Colorado would have pulled it off. Because if they did, first of all, that would have been great for Coach Prime. What a story. You know, just getting blasted in their eight quarters of football, not eight quarters, six quarters of football against USC and Oregon to coming back and making an epic 24-point comeback against USC with the reigning Heisman winner. Now, Caleb Williams, of course he killed that. Six touchdowns, of course. Colorado defense is not good. But USC's defense not good. So that de- So that game went exactly how I thought it would. The only thing that surprised me was how big of a lead USC got out to. The minute I praised their defense, that's when they started loafing and Colorado started coming back. Now, now that they're, I can't even say they're two toughest opponents because they got to play Utah and Cam Rising might come back. But two of their toughest opponents are out the way. Now we're going to see really what Colorado is made of. And we're going to see where they really measure up in the Pac-12. It should be interesting, but you you learned a lot about this team and the haters of Coach Prime the last two weeks. You definitely did. Yeah, I'm still rooting for them. It's a shame we don't get to play them in the Big 12. Actually, that's a good thing because I don't want to see – 
people in the Oklahoma fan base really get that ugly towards Deion Sanders because I like what he's doing and he's an amazing guy and he is definitely looked at as a shining light and a hero in the black community and I don't want to see the Oklahoma Sooner especially the Sooner Twitter community you know really cast a negative light on that or just just be the worst because I've seen the worst of Sooner Twitter, and it's not good. And I don't condone it. I don't mess with it. So maybe it's a good thing we're missing them in the back, in the plaque, mm. in the Big Twelve. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see what else is on this rundown because my rundown is all messed up. Okay. Okay. I'm going to skip baseball. Uh, basically, okay, baseball, like, Braves and Orioles are top seeds. It's like the Braves, I hate them. They are rivals. They're the Nationals' rivals. I don't want them to be successful. They have a really good team. Acuna had a ridiculous season. But I don't want them to do nothing. I hope they lose to the Dodgers. Better yet, I hope they lose to like the Brewers or somebody, or even the Phillies again. I hope they lose to one of them. That would be great. But it's not realistic. They're really good and are favorites to win it all. I hate it, but I might have to deal with it. Also, the Orioles are top seed, and I'm salty. Actually, I have mixed feelings because a part of me is salty because they – they built they had a successful rebuild faster and more they had a they had a more successful rebuild than the Nats currently are trying to do. That their rebuild is going ahead of schedule and it's going really well. They're the number one seed just like that in three to five years. The Nationals started their rebuild in twenty twenty one. Maybe I should be patient, but I, I'm i sick that the team down the street figured it out that quickly and developed their prospects that quickly and put the right pieces around those prospects that quickly to get in the positions to where they are. I'm kind of salty about that, but I'm going to have to deal with it. But a part of me is excited because they're somewhat local. And I have a chance to see some meaningful playoff baseball. But since I'm in my version of the Great Depression, (laughs) I doubt I'm going to have the money to go see the Orioles play in the playoffs. But if I do, I'm going to pull up and they better win. Because it would be a shame I go see an Orioles playoff game and they choke. It would be a tragedy. Now, the Nats, thank God, they won, the, they won their series against the Braves. But it's the end of the season, it's meaningless, and the Nats are not going to the playoffs. But, hey, I'll take it. You know, they're going out with a smile on their face. They beat the Braves, what, two out of three in Atlanta? I'll take it. Screw it. I'll take it, man. It don't mean anything. It don't mean much, but I'll take it. Yeah. So look out for that. 
Uh, okay, Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit playoffs. Yes, we're talking about playoffs. <laughs> now I've never seen anything like this. There are twelve teams in NWSL. Only six teams can make it. The top team in the league has thirty-three points. The worst team has twenty-two. I think you get two points for every win. You get no points for a loss and one point for a tie. Um, okay. We pretty I think we pretty much knocked out Kansas City current by beating them this weekend, this past weekend. Thank God. Because it would have been embarrassing if we had twenty seven points and they would have had I guess they would have been at twenty four if they would have won. That would have sucked. And that would have put us that would have put us on the outside looking in, I, I guess. Yeah, actually, we might have still been in it. We might still would have been in sixth place if we had lost to Kansas City. But I don't even want it to be that close. Because the Washington Spirit are in fifth place right now. And the OL Reign, who ironically we play in four days, are one point behind us. That's a very important game. We got to beat them. It's at their place. Houston's three points behind us, 26. Orlando Pride is four games, four points behind us, 25. Same thing with Angel FC and Racing Louisville. I think, honestly, if you're more than four points behind us, you're done. There's only two games left. Like, we have, okay, we got this, we got the Courage left, who we're tied with. And... We got the OL Reign, who is one point behind us. So that's the two games that the Spirit have left. They can, because they're only four points back of the San Diego Wave, they can steal the Shield and be the number one seed, and that means home playoff games at Audi Field. What? And you know, these ladies and their staff has done a great job of seducing me to come to the games. Pause. Now, I would love to go watch them, but once again, I'm in the Great Depression, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to. But if they do have a top seed in the playoffs and have a home game, I'm really going to consider it. I really am going to consider the October 15th game against the Courage because this that could be for home field advantage. And I don't really like the Courage. Like, they've, they've given us problems. It's, it's a little bit of a rivalry there. So I, I kind of want to beat their butts. So hopefully I can get out there and watch that game. Uh, we'll see. Anything could happen between now and October 15th. Is 13 days away. So, uh, we'll see. But, oh, shout out to Trinity Rodman. Because you know what I'm about to say. She came through late. And I mean late. In the midnight hour. You already know. 1-1. Extra time. If we tie, we're just going to make it harder for us to get a top seed. And we're going to... Bring the teams behind us closer. Trinity Rodman. 
gets behind the defense, not all sides. Two people chasing her. Kicks the ball, a laser. Corner of the goal, score. We're up 2-1. Game over. I mean, oh, my God, man. I love this woman, man. Oh, man. I'm so glad we have her on our team. Thank you, Dennis Rodman, for being Dennis Rodman and creating Trinity Rodman. (laughs) I mean, I love it. Man, she is such a blessing to our team, and that was such a clutch goal. And it just makes me so happy because it's clutch, and we really needed it as how tight this playoff race was. And, you know, the Spirit had lost their last, like, shoot. They had lost, like, three of their last four games. So they really needed that game. And she came through, you know. Definitely makes up for the Chicago game where she had all those shots against our World Cup starting goalie, and it just wasn't going in. But we got them. We got Kansas City up out of there. Kansas City really pushed this team twice. It's a shame, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, you're in the pros, and that's bound to happen. But got them up out of here both times. And the Washington Spirit, where they're at, they're close to, if they lose these next two games, they could be on the outside looking in. But if they win these next two games, they might be the number one seed, especially since they've beaten they've beaten the San Diego Wave twice. So I would love for that to happen. We'll see. 33 points. 33 points will definitely get them home field advantage. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We're going to have to see. I mean, <laughs> love love these girls. I'm, I'm glad I got to catch back up with them. They're in a tight, tight playoff race. But I think they got it. I think the teams that are behind them, it's just I just don't think they're going to catch up. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We I think we win one game. We're in. We win two games. We get home field. So, they need to take care of business. These are tough games to got, but I, I really believe that they can win this, these games. I mean, I'm pretty sure they just beat O.L. Reign. So, so I, I think they'll be fine. They, they can do this. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay, one last thing. Dame time. Oh, second to last thing. Dame time in Milwaukee. And you already know when it's Dame time, it's game time. Facts. Now, maybe I can finally pick Milwaukee to go to the finals and possibly win. Well, you you heard it here first. You asked me about my NBA prediction. For right now, I got Milwaukee once again in the finals. Now, who they're going to meet in the finals, That's I'm going to have to do a little bit more thinking and more studying because, oh, my God, the West is deep. And I don't even know who's going to come out of that. I would love to say Denver again, but Phoenix has everyone coming back. And they got Bradley Bill. Oh, they don't have Aiton, but they got Nurkic. If Nurkic could stay healthy, I mean, that's that's fine. That, that works, too. I could say the Lakers because they got LeBron and AD. And Austin Reeves is him. <laughs> Oklahoma City. Nah, nah, I, I don't think Oklahoma City's ready yet, but Shaq Gilgis-Alexander is already first-team All-NBA. 
So that automatically makes them a threat. But Dame time in Milwaukee, he didn't get to go to the Heat. Going to the Milwaukee Bucks, to me, is the next best thing because you get to play with Giannis. No Drew Holiday, that would have been sick. Him, Drew Holiday, um, Giannis, and Middleton, that would have been unfair. But, hey, Dame time in Milwaukee, that instantly makes them the favorite. Um, Boston gets Drew Holiday. That makes them the second favorite. But then again, I mean, I I can't wait to see the Milwaukee Bucks versus Celtics matchups because they're going to be unreal. Dame Dame and Giannis versus Tatum Brown, Porzingis, and Drew Holiday. That's going to be, oh, I can't wait to watch those games. It almost makes me want to get NBA 2K24 and play this matchup on Xbox. It's that it's going to be that sick, bro. These teams are loaded. But, of course, Miami's lurking in the shadows. New York, Cleveland, Philly, they're, they're, they're lurking. But at the end of the day, it's those two. Oh, and Miami. At the end of the day, I think I might have just said Miami. But at the end of the day, Boston, Milwaukee, those are the two you got to look out for. I mean, it's just, it ends up being, ends up being a good ending for Dane. I think he's legitimately happy with being in Milwaukee. It ain't Miami, but Milwaukee is is just as good. (laughs) They've done just as much as Miami these past few years, and they've actually won a title. Also, um, I'm thinking about what Portland got back. I mean, they got Aiton. They temporarily had Drew Holiday before they traded him. I guess they got some draft picks. I mean, that's a decent return. That's that's a decent return. There was a third team involved, but I, I can't. Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix was involved. Duh. 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 But a decent return for Portland. They wanted to get rid of him, even though Dame was open to coming back since the Miami thing wasn't going to happen, but the damage was already done. I can't wait to see what Dame does in Milwaukee. It's going to be a sick inside-outside punch for Milwaukee. And uh, if they can make up for what they lost on defense with Drew Holiday, they're going to be lit. I'm telling you. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. Boston traded Robert Williams. See, they traded Williams. They traded Robert Williams. They traded Grant Williams. They traded Marcus Smart. I think, I don't know if they still have Malcolm Brogdon, but they traded away some of their, like, glue guys. They did, but their top six is so loaded, it might not matter. But but we'll see, man. Uh, We'll see. Both teams look really good on paper and look like the two teams that's going to come out of the East. And that's what it's been the last few years anyway. It's just been Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. That's it. Ever since LeBron left, it's been Miami, Milwaukee, 
Miami. Toronto slipped through the cracks because they had Kawhi Leonard for a season. But other than that, it's just been those three. And it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Okay, last thing. The Big 12 basketball schedule's out. You know what I was looking for. When is that dang OU Kansas game? And it's on January 13th. And it's during a weekend. Now, it's not during the Super Bowl like it was two years ago. And it's not on a weekday like it was last year. So this is fine. It is during the uh, NFL playoffs, which is fine. The Chiefs might be playing. Now, if I have the bread, I'll go watch it. We'll see. It might be, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be the first round of the playoffs. So if the Chiefs are in it, they're most likely going to be hosting. I would love to go watch them play, even though I'm going to be there for Kansas OU. I would love to go see the Chiefs play against whoever. At this rate, it's probably going to be whoever loses out on the Miami-Buffalo thing or the second-place team in the AFC North. Could be the Bengals. KC Bengals first round would be crazy. Or even if it's the dang Cleveland Browns, that would be crazy. Um, what if it's the Chargers? What what if they end up playing the Chargers in wild card weekend and I just happen to be there? I would love it. But yeah, my wishes are granted. Oklahoma and it's an afternoon game. This is different. Because the first time I was there, I think, no, no, the game wasn't after, no, the game was early the first time I went. So this is more like the first time I went. It's kind of a somewhat of an early game, and it's on, it's on a Saturday. Okay, it's going to be uh, 2 o'clock. Okay, I plan to go. And you know me, I'm probably going to use a good chunk of my referee money to make this happen. So I can't wait. Boomer Sooner, uh, we got one last chance to break this nagging streak of not winning at Allen Fieldhouse since basically I was a three-month-old. No, I was... I was about four and a half, five months at the time. The last time we won at Kansas. Or I might not have been born. Either way, I was either in my mom's stomach or I was less than one years old the last time we beat Kansas at Kansas. This is our last chance before we go to SEC. I must go to this game. We got to win, man. We got to win this game. We were so close the last two years, man. One or two plays away. Both both times. On paper, it don't look like we're going to do anything out there. But, obviously, Porter Moser kind of knows what he's doing against Kansas. So, that gives us an advantage going out there. We're going to need any advantage we can get because we're going into a hostile environment like that. Now, the people are as nice as they can be. But... They are loud, they are passionate, and it's going to be sold out. It's just like OU football. It's just basketball.
it's gonna be lit, man. I cannot wait. I, I I'm already excited. You know, the sooner I can get going with um paying for the flight and the hotel, the better. And the rental car. Good lord, the better, man. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Well, goatlevelteas.com for all things goat level. I promise you we're going to get this thing going soon. But you already know that I'm out. Peace. And remember to respect the bird. And that is the word. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.